Hello, and welcome back to Hope, a podcast wishing to inspire listeners everywhere with weekly stories and personal testimonies from our wide range of guests. The Webster's Dictionary defines hope as a desire accompanied by expectation of or belief in fulfillment. I'm your host, Danny Daniel, and thank you for listening. Today we have uh, Bobby Joyner, and Bobby Joyner is going to be a real treat for you because he is a messenger, he's a minister, he's a songwriter, he wrote a song for Herschel Walker, and he's done many, many other ministries in his lifetime. So listen in for Bobby Joyner. Uh, Yeah, Bobby. Yes, sir. How are you? Good, good. I, I can't tell our listeners how fortunate we are to have Bobby joined on with us this morning because he's got multiple stories. Some of us have one main story, and but he has multiple stories. He's going to relate those to you, how he has made such a difference in so many people's lives that it really is just awesome, to, to, to put it mildly. So, uh, Bobby, we're going to get started. Uh, I met you through Steve Middlebrooks, and Steve Middlebrooks is the local uh, Haywood Allen uh, dealer. And uh, he said y'all are pretty good friends. Is that right? Yes, sir. Uh, we've known each other since high school, but really got reconnected uh, oh, 15 to 20 years ago through music. And uh, so I, I used to play in a rock and roll band, and Steve would be on the front line everywhere we went. Danny, Steve would be right there having a ball, and I was having a ball singing. And we finally realized that uh, I think it, that God created music and put us together and we just become, we become best buddies now. Well, I can appreciate that. He's a good friend of mine as well. And, uh, he's going to be on the show, I think next week on the podcast next week. And we're looking forward good. to that. Uh, so he can clarify all these things that you're talking about. Hopefully. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, you know, uh, a lot of us try to be messengers, I guess, uh, along the way and try to bring good news to uh, people, uh, to, to Christians and others alike. Uh, but you have gone about 14 steps further than that in your uh, story. And it seems to me that you said it started out at age 12. Uh, tell us about that. Okay. Well, and Danny, like a lot of people, I'm from Albany, Georgia, and I was raised in a, uh, in a Christian family. I, I tell people I had a drug problem. I was drugged at church. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> I'll take that. At church, <laughs> at church, uh, I had some good Sunday school teachers, uh, but basically, uh, it didn't learn a lot about God's word. Um, and at the age of twelve, music drew me from my backyard. I lived over on First Avenue, real close to the stadium, and there was a Billy Graham uh, concert uh, crusade going on, and the music. Uh, my daddy had a rule, and he said, do not leave the yard when the street lights came on. So I didn't, but that night, it was like I had to go. And so I hid my basketball where daddy and mama didn't know where I was, and I ran over to the stadium just to hear the music, not knowing that there that night, uh, when the music stopped, uh, an evangelist walked out and presented what I've been looking for. It's what you and I have been love, unconditional love of God. I felt Everything I had was conditional. If you won this, you got pats on the back. If you, if you didn't, you, it was just I didn't realize what unconditional love was. But that night at that stadium as a 12-year-old boy, the love of God just came down on me, and I received it. And, Daddy, from that moment till even right now, 
you can't give what you don't have. And I receive that unconditional eternal love of God. And I've just been enjoying loving people. Well, you can't believe, beat that. And I, I'm interested to know about what the piano had to do with your uh, ministry. <laughs> okay, well, all right. So when I got um, the night, that night I received Christ, I knew when I went home to told mom and daddy, I was going to get in trouble because I left the yard, but I had to tell them. I mean, it was just like, basically it, it took 10,000 pounds off my chest. And as a 12 year old boy, I had never done any really bad things. Looked at some magazines I shouldn't have. Stole a piece of bubble gum from the drugstore one time. But, uh, but I ran home and told them and I got excited. So I began to read the Bible that night and I went to church about a week or two later and found an old piano in the back of the church there, First Baptist Church in Albany. And I walked in, there's nobody there, I didn't think. And I walked in and started playing the old rugged cross and singing it like I thought maybe Jerry Lee Lewis or uh, somebody was singing. And I was just singing to him. And the door opened up, and that was this old lady. She was superintendent of Sunday school. She was, she was as old as I am now, but <laughs> I thought she was about 150. And she said, Bobby Joyner, you are sacrilegious. I'm going to tell your grandmama you're singing devil music. I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, my gosh. And so, Danny, I didn't realize at the time, but right there, that closed the door on churchianity and religion for me. And uh, a couple years later, I formed a rock and roll band, and I began to sing music. I never could, you know, I never left God, but I just, I thought he was chasing me, you know, like uh, with, a, with a sledgehammer because that old lady, that's who I thought God was like. And I found out later, much later, that uh, God uh, was not like that. And there's a lot of young people my age that did the same thing about, and teenage years are tough anyway, Dan, as you know that. It's, we're all, uh, and I, we're all born looking for love. And I was looking for love in all the wrong places and faces. And, Finally found it in, uh, in Jesus Christ. And so that's, he, he changed my life. He, he is my hope. And that's what music has been the tool God has used to open doors for me and uh, got into the prison ministry 30 plus years. So it's just, it's easy to give when, you, when you've received it, but you can't give it until I had received it. I, I, I finally received it that night. Well, you're, you're totally, uh, in line with what people ought to be thinking when you say unconditional love, uh, it's fairly easy to give uh, conditional love, right? Uh, but it is. And in, in fact, that, that love, we call that pseudo love. And there's, the world is filled with so many pseudo loves and with the love you and I, and every single person in the prisons and in the, the classroom, I coach a lot of sports. That's what we want is a love that won't ever leave us. It's not conditional upon our performance. Now, we are blessed when we obey, but uh, we are loved whether we obey or not. And unconditional love, and, well, when you can finally receive that, and I, you said, mentioned stories. There's so many guys that, that basically, that's basically, I would go in and sing songs in the prisons, basically old party songs, and I just put biblical words in those songs, like under the boardwalk, I changed to, he did the earth walk. And, my girl, I changed to my Lord and basically just told him, hey, guys, I know what y'all are looking for because I was looking for it just like you. You're looking for love. And God is love. First John 4, 8, 1 John 4, 16 says God is love. Well, and you not know, religion, not church. Well, when, when I have the opportunity to uh, write a letter to one of my sons, and I can put it at the bottom of it, I love you unconditionally. It makes me yeah. feel so good, and I'm sure it makes them feel good. 
that's a good way to put it. That the one God, the Bible, I finally realized it was a love letter. It's a long love letter, and love stories have war, uh, everything in the world, sex. It's just got everything in the world, but a true love story, yeah, that's what the Bible is. God is love, and we're part of that love story, Danny, and we're the ones he's pursued. Well, I'm not sure I'm worthy of it, but I'll take it. <laughs> uh, in, in fact, we are unworthy. That's what I would, when it, it hit me that, yes, he loves the, uh, the unworthy. And if you've ever back in junior high, high school, and I know you probably like me, I broke up, I got broke up with and broke up with girls. But when you get back together after a breakup, the love was stronger because of forgiveness. When someone has been forgiven, uh, it says, he who has sinned much has been forgiven much. And so when you get back together after a breakup and bottom line, the Garden of Eden is where we kind of broke up with God. And he says, I forgive you. Now, you can do one or two things with forgiveness, receive it or reject it. And man, when I just finally said, I'm receiving that, man. And once I did that, I began to give forgiveness uh, to everyone who had wronged me. I've wronged people. So. And Danny, I think that's what the world needs. Uh, the number, the hand of God is a loving hand, and that the longest finger is forgiveness. That's what the world needs to be forgiven and then forgive everybody that's wronged us. So that's where my story uh, is what I basically go and tell. When you grew up in, in Albany, uh, you, uh, you, you formed a rock and roll band in, in high school and took it all the way through college and then sang right. in some nightclubs. Uh, I noticed that you sent me a, uh, a CD, and maybe you have more than one, but this CD is the one of the ones that you took the other songs and converted them into, uh, you might say, spiritual songs. Uh, it's exactly. fantastic. It really is. <laughs> well, you know, Danny, it hit me uh, in the Bible, uh, and I'm a tour pastor with a big Christian concert called Winter Jam, and we go all over the world, and basically what we're singing is new songs with the same old message. And for years, Danny, you and I came up where basically if it was a Christian song, it was written basically a uh, hundred years ago with a hundred year old tune and melody. And that's fine. I love a lot of the old ones, but what really gets the young people is to hear a new sound with the same old message. God loves you. And that's what, well, if you don't change the delivery and the, the means and the modes and the methods, you'll lose a lot of your audience. And that's what, New song does. That's what Winter Jam does, and that's what I did with that CD. Is take uh, the new sounds for the, the I call them the party people because I used to be on the I was president of that fraternity, the party people. Uh, I was just looking for fun and uh, whatever, and music was always there. And when I realized that God says oh, nine times in the Bible, make a new song. He didn't mean change the message. The message is still Jesus Christ and Christ alone is the love you're looking for. But put it in some new sounding stuff and it really get, catches the ear of the hurt of the sinners who think that they have been cast away and that there's no hope for them. There is hope. The only hope is love. Unconditional. Well, I certainly uh, adhere to that. Uh, there's a guy named Herschel Walker that's become quite famous again by yes. being on the Republican National Convention and really doing, I thought, the best job of anybody on there. And I'm not trying to be Me political too. there. Uh, but you, you uh, met Herschel in at University of Georgia. Yeah, it's kind of long story short. Uh, after Thanksgiving lunch one day, I was married, had two small kids, uh, 
still still am happily married, thank God, for 50 years this April. But I got a little bored with the, with the family uh, sitting around the lunch table. So I went and found another piano and sat down and wrote uh, a song, Give Herschel Walk with the Ball, because it was his freshman year. And Dan, as you recall, he blew people away. He was he was the greatest thing ever came into Athens as a football player. Well, I made the song and sang it to the family, and the next morning they all said, "Hey, Bobby, man, we've been all we woke up singing that song. Uh, you need to record this." Well, I had never been in a recording studio, even though I've been in rock and roll band five years. So, long story short, I go home. We go to the back of a funeral house that had a recording studio, and me and another buddy, Russell Martin, we recorded "Give Her a Walk with Paul." Well. I just took a few copies and sent them to some radio stations because of Herschel, because of George. I wasn't doing it to make money or to get, you know, get any recognition. I just wanted to thank Herschel for what he'd done. Well, all of a sudden, radio stations started calling me Danny and asking me to come be on the program. And I'm thinking, Herschel, when he hears this, I hadn't even asked him. He doesn't know me. So hmm. I felt bad. I got in my car, drove all the way to Athens, pulled into that parking lot over with us athletes used to stay and the first guy i asked i said uh excuse me could you tell me which one of those rooms Herschel lives in and this guy said yes he lives right there on second point to the door so here i am 35 year old man walking up to a stranger's door knocking on the door Herschel opens the door and then he's standing there gym shorts no shirt on you know he's a phenomenally strong athlete and he said yes sir and I said, Herschel, I don't even know where to begin this, but I just want to tell you, I'm a Georgia football fan. Uh, my wife was a cheerleader here, and I did a song about you, and I just I want you to hear it because you can probably hear it on the radio, and you got a, you got a second. He said, yes, sir. And we walked into Herschel's dorm. He had a record player, a 45 record player. I put that record on the record player, and he sat there. And when it was finished, all he looked at me, and you, can, you know how he's very quiet, really kind of quiet man he said that's pretty good and so from that moment on after every game my wife and our two kids we'd be over in the parking lot Herschel would come over after signing good gosh 2,000 autographs he he and his girlfriend who he later married would walk over to my car and spend 15 minutes talking to me and my wife and my two little kids every single Saturday and so Herschel and I just became you know kind of friends just during his tenure there at uh, Georgia so I've just been I've admired him ever since then and respect him so much and he, he Herschel's got the answers to all this racial this hate uh, Herschel is all for having everybody to be free and he's all for friendly protest but he what I love about him is he also believes in strong military strong police we gotta have we gotta have both we gotta have some order back in this land and the way to do it again is just love it's uh you got to love people. And most of my law enforcement officers love people. We got some bad ones, I'm sure. We got bad doctors, lawyers, and insurance and real estate people. But, Dan, in this country, still got a lot of good people in it on all sides. And that's what we got to do get together and love one another. Yeah, we got to get back to believing that uh, we are the greatest country in the world and we want to keep it that yes, way. Yes, sir. Uh, like Herschel said, I love what Herschel said. He said, if you, he said, I really, he said, I personally, if you want to find another country that you want to leave, I will buy you a plane ticket. But you can't come back now, but you're going to find out we got the greatest country in the world. Well, people like you make it that way. Uh, I'm certain, uh, Bobby, and uh, I'm I'm pleased for that. 
You know, you did marry above yourself. You've told me that before. And, and your your bride was Debbie Giles, right? Correct. Yeah. And then you got uh, how many daughters and sons? Um, I've got two daughters, uh, precious daughters, who both now live here in Franklin, Tennessee. Uh, five grandchildren, and I've just been so blessed uh, to. Debbie went through a, a third stage breast of breast cancer five years ago, and just prayer. God, Jesus was our hope doing this. And I knew he could take her home. I said, Lord, I don't want you to take her home. Gosh, she means the world to me. But Danny, I think coming close to losing her, I get tears in my eyes when I think about it, but it changed my whole perspective toward her. I, I loved her, but didn't know how to show it too much. And ever since uh, those tough years, I have just been able to show a lot more of my love for her that I had in my heart. But my dad, uh, I only saw him kiss my mama one time, and he stuck with us the whole time, and but he just didn't know how to show love. And I, I since that cancer scare, um, and by the way, she's doing fine now. Um, I've, we, we all, until you, you don't miss your water to the well runs dry, and I knew I was getting close. So, yep, I've just been, I married way out of, not out of the league, out of the universe. Well, it is one thing worse, uh, a well that doesn't have any water in it. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, tell us about going back to Albany uh, and what you've been doing since you've been back there, and now you're back in not Nashville. Uh, you were in okay. the real estate business for a while. I was in real estate. Uh, I had a, a real estate company for over 40 years, but after about 15 years, um, Danny, every day after I got finished uh, building houses and selling real estate, I'd love to go coach uh, football and basketball. And I just love kids. I love just teaching and coaching. So eventually, uh, the Lord blessed my business enough so I could just turn the real estate over to my wife. And I went back into school teaching and coaching. And uh, just 17 years, I did that. And, and this whole time, I was then on weekends going into the prisons. Uh, and just sharing this information about God, the fact that God loves me every every weekend I'd go in and got to meet so many really, really great uh, people and stories who were incarcerated. And Danny, every one of them, they didn't have a daddy at home that loved them or they didn't have a daddy at home. And they they like they were like everybody else searching for love. And they were just into everything they could get their hands on, drugs, uh, sex, uh, whatever, but they were looking for love. And when I got to go into the prisons and sing and to tell them about God is love. Jesus is God. He's what you need. Man, Danny, the stories, they, when they got out, uh, I got so many stories I could tell you about that they just turned, in fact, several of them in the ministry themselves. Now. And, uh, that's what it's all about is just passing the torch on and then watching somebody else like somebody else up. Well, that's very interesting. You'd put it that way, passing the torch on. I, I think there's a lot of yep. merit to that because you know you may talk to somebody for thirty minutes, but it may stick with them for thirty years. So, that's it. exactly. Uh, which which I, means uh, a lot. By the way, I thought the only person ever been in the prison ministries was Johnny Cash. <laughs> well, you know what? That probably had a lot to do with me when I was a little, like six years old. Prisoners were on the side of the road working. They had the striped uniforms on with the ball and chain. And Danny, I never will forget. One day we were coming up on it. My granddaddy said, son, roll the window up. I didn't know what he was talking about. But they were right there on the road. And I remember I, I, I rolled the window down. And this, this, this 
precious guy with a ball and chain. I remember smiling at him and waving, and he waved back at me with a smile. And that lit a fire in me. Uh, then when Sam Cooke did that song, Chain Gang, I said, okay. And I can look back now. And then I grew up on a farm, had a lot of, uh, of fine black people that worked at it, sang. I love the way they sang more than the way my church sang. So I grew up singing like they did and loved it. Didn't realize that God was preparing me 30 years down the road for a prison ministry singing. And uh, it, I could just tell so many stories about uh, just the, how God used the music, the hurt, the love, and just the energy he's given me. Just I can tell from your voice. I haven't ever met you face to face, but you got a lot of energy, too, and enthusiasm. And I just was I was all over the place, giving it to the wrong people at the wrong times. And when I finally realized what I could do with the few gifts God had given me, boom, I've been doing it. Well, you, you know, you obviously uh, were born to do what you're doing. And the only way you know that you're doing right and what the Lord wants you to do is it works <laughs> pretty doggone well. Yes, exactly. Uh, uh, but when you and, and Deb, uh, formed a weekly Bible study and you had 50 to 90 kids, 50 to 90 kids in your home every week for 20 years. Uh, yes, sir. my wife asked me one time, she said, Danny, what breaks your heart? And I said, children. And what I meant, let's oh, go. Yes. What I meant by that, you know, they probably need us worse than anybody does. Uh, so they, they that, do and they're helpless. They are, you know, adults can do something about it, but a kid can't help it. And, you think, look at the times in the scriptures where Jesus would warn the, the religious people. He warned the Pharisees, the legalists, do not mess with my children. If you keep one of my children from coming to me, it'd be best that you were never born. Jesus loved the little children, and so do you and I. And um, when you mentioned God's work, it just hit me, Danny, that isn't it neat to know that God's work is love? Now, that's it's easy to go do that. If the work is love, then that's why you love your work. And uh, so that's what I basically did is go in and share love in the classroom and the prisons on, on teams. Uh, just uh, one particular instance, I don't know how much time we have, but uh, there's a young man that had been incarcerated 27 times. He was 23 years old and been incarcerated 27 times. On the 28th time, we went in and he said for the first time that he heard the love of God was talking to him. Keithian received Christ as Savior. Um, he had 40 plus years to serve. Uh, God performed a miracle in his life, got him out within a, the warden, called him in and said, Keithian, we don't know what has happened. Your papers should come out. You're getting out of this prison. Well, he, he started, he got out. He would come to our Bible studies. And Keithian now is living here in Nashville. He's been in the prison ministry himself now for over 20 years. And Danny, he went back, got his kids from different mothers. The judge gave the kids to him. Now, how many people with 27 incarcerations can get the kids? It was a miracle. God gave him his kids. And now his child, Keithian Jr., has got a scholarship to Vanderbilt University, top student, and his daughter, Kimaya, has got a scholarship to another college. Because Keithian got out and straightened his life out, took those kids and just gave them love. And uh, man, that's, that, that story just still, it just, it breaks my heart that uh, we can't see more of that. Well, I'll tell you what, you've, uh, you've taken the call 
that you've been given and you've done a whole lot with it and you're not through. I don't think you'll be through until you have your last <laughs> breath. Uh, I hope I, I hope that's it. I hope that's going to be a long time. Uh, you know, Danny, my prayer every morning with God is, Lord, I want to be able to lead my great grand who are not even born. Don't even want them to be born yet because my kids are not even 15 yet, grandkids. But I, I'm hoping that the good Lord will let me and Debbie be around long enough to lead my great grandchildren to him. And then he can call me home. <laughs> you, you, you can't uh, you can't beat that. Boy, I'll tell you, uh, Bobby, we got more to talk about than we can get done. And we're moving towards the uh, end of our uh, interview here. But I wanted to plug two things. One is this uh, winter jam that you did, uh, which is the world's largest music tour of any kind. And you did that for four or five years. Traveled to 50, uh, 55 major cities across America. That's a big deal. It, 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 it Again, it was one of those miracles from God. I've, I've been doing it 16 years, but for four or five years in a row, Winter Jam was voted, and they do it by attendance, a world's largest music concert of any kind. And uh, Winter Jam has been doing, doing it for 23 years, and I've been blessed to do it with them for 16 of those years. So we go from 50 to 55 cities. And, Danny, we were doing it last year, last uh, March when COVID hit. And David Crowder, one of my very favorite musicians and good friends, when we hugged David goodnight after that last performance, we had no clue that we would never get to perform again. We're hoping we get to do it again, but that COVID has stopped that. But let me tell you what COVID has not done. It's not stopped love. And I can see so many, a lot of these churches are meeting online. Uh, Y'all probably have it in Athens, but here in Franklin, it's really... Uh, God's people are going to get together and uh, you can't stop it. You can't stop love. No, no question about it. And, and along that same line, you can't stop hope. And, and that's what we're projecting here. And they go together very, very well. Last, uh, last thought here, Bobby, how can people, you've written about six books and you've got all these CDs. How could we put it on our site so that they could uh, get those things? Okay. Um, I've got a daily devotion. It's called, Jesus Cafe Bobby, all one word, Jesus Cafe Bobby at gmail.com. So if they will just send me um, a little short email. Now, I, I don't do other social media. I'm just, I'm like you. I'm kind of limited with all that. But Jesus Cafe Bobby at gmail.com. Send me an email. I'll be glad to get in touch with them. Um, it's uh, send, put them on our devotion list. We send it out every day. It's free. Um, just like God's love is free and just love to connect with anybody out there that's and hope. You mentioned that word hope. And I think I mentioned this Danny earlier. The word hope in the Greek is Elpis, not Elvis, but Elpis, E-L-P-I-S. And it's best translated confidence. And see what you and I, the hope that we're giving people is a confidence that God loves them, forgives them. Without that, there is no hope. Everything else is temporary. It's dope. Dope's your only hope then. With you and I, when we know that Christ loves us unconditionally, that is the hope. And it's mentioned so many times in Bible. And my, one of my favorite books is I did is called Hope and Joy and Suffering. And you probably experienced it because while Debbie and I were suffering that cancer thing, we had more hope and joy. Yes, you couldn't have explained it to me before that because I would have never chosen that route. 
So, Danny, I, your, your program is all about hope. And what we just want to let people know is our hope is in Christ. It's the eternal glory of God. And, uh, we just got to share it. That's all we, we don't have to defend him. We just need to declare it. That's all we got to do. Danny, keep doing this program uh, because there's so many people that need hope. Sounds good to me. Thank you so much for being on. All right, Danny. Dr. Bobby Joyner has been a real inspiration for all of us today because he's done so many things that we could all relate to if we give it an opportunity. Glad you were able to hear it, share it with your friends, because he is the epitome of hope and love in his ministry. This episode recorded at Vega Studios. Also remember to follow us on social media. We will be posting our episodes on our Facebook page along with the website. Stay in touch with us and spread the word. It's all about hope. But before we go, I wanted to remind the listeners that I'm a huge supporter of the UGA Miracle, which is the largest student-run organization at the University of Georgia that raises money for children's health care of Atlanta. They raise over a million dollars a year, and you can be a part of that. Just go to ugamiracle.org, and you can donate. Remember... Any amount given is a step closer to saving a child's life.